0: Go ahead and have a seat. Good morning, everybody. Open up a Bible if you would, if you have your Bible with you. Awesome. If not, grab a Pew Bible and open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's on page 820. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Got a question for you as we start out this morning. If you suddenly came into a lot of money, for whatever reason, won the lottery, got an inheritance, whatever, what would you do with the money? I mean, just just ponder that for a few moments, okay? That if all of a sudden you just got overwhelmed and you're just like, wow, I got all this money, what do I do? Can I answer it for you? You'll do exactly what you're doing right now, whatever that is. See, because what we do with our finances is just an expression of what's already going on inside of our hearts. And so whatever we, we're doing now, we'll do the same. And so it doesn't matter if we have a little, or we have this much, or we have this much, or we have this much. We apply the same heart principles to whatever we have. And so if all of a sudden you get this much, you're going to apply the same heart principles towards that, and it's just going to be a reflection of who you are. And today what I want to talk to you about is about generosity, but I'm not going to preach to you. Okay, I promise, today is not a message, it's not not a preaching, because you can't preach generosity. You can't can't arm twist someone and say, you have to be generous. No, you can't do that. So what I want you to do today, something maybe a little different, uh, would you just let your guards down and can we just talk? Because I want to just talk to you today. I want to talk to you about what God's talking about when it comes to generosity and when it comes times to our hearts because this isn't about what we give or how much we give, it's about this. And how are you doing here? You know in September we talked about giving and what God says about giving but but today we're going to look and see what does God talk about generosity? Because I think generosity is different. Generosity is just a natural outflowing of something that's going on in here, and it's something that God wants us to aspire to. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter eight, find verse seven. Paul's writing here. He says, "But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech." In knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Let me ask you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, say amen. amen. All right, good. Now, what does that mean to be a follower of Christ? It means that you are following, that you're a disciple of Jesus. It means if Jesus walks a certain way, then we learn to walk a certain way. See, in the Old Testament, the concept of a disciple is that if you were a rabbi, you had a number of disciples that you were discipling, and they would begin to think as you thought. They would begin to act as you act. They begin to talk as you talk. They begin to live as you live, and they emulate, they mirror, if you will, the rabbi. Well, they call Jesus rabbi, and Jesus calls us his disciples. In fact, he said, go make disciples. That means become more and more and more like Christ. Well, what's Paul talking about? As a follower of Christ, he wants us to excel in everything, in our faith, so that as a believer that we're excelling and learning how to step out in faith, and what does it mean to believe in Jesus Christ? It means in the way that we talk, in our speech. Is it seasoned with grace? Is it according to what God would have for us? In terms of knowledge, knowledge of God and knowledge of what God created and and understanding as much as we can. If you think about in earnestness of our heart and love, what did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then love who? Your neighbor. And excel in that. But then he very specifically said now excel in this grace of giving what does that mean let's go back to John 3 16. I think you know this verse for God so loved the world what was the first thing he did that he gave See, his his giving was just the expression of what was in God's heart for us. It was a natural outpouring. And God didn't just give us a little bit. I mean, God took his only son and sacrificed him for people that may never even care about him. And how many in the world today reject him? And God gave up his only son. Why? Because of this love that is so deep that we can't fully comprehend that he gave. And if you and I are made in the image of God, then God wants us to emulate this this heart of God. Start turning, if you will, over to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, it's a story about somebody coming to Jesus and and pretty much asking him to intervene in an issue that they were having. Luke chapter 12, you can find it on page 737, Luke 12, and we're going to start at verse 13. It's called the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus said, Man, who appointed me to be a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, what was going on, real simply, is that, see, whenever a dad died the inheritance was divided up between the sons. The eldest son always got a double portion because he was in charge of taking care of his mother. And then the other sons would divide up the rest of the inheritance equally. And so this was either about an oldest son who didn't get a double portion or it's about a younger son who didn't get his share of it. And so they came to Jesus and said, hey, can you intervene here for us? We need somebody to help us with the dividing of this inheritance. And he said, well, who made me a judge? But I want you to see that last thing he said. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Verse 16, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, you know, for you and I in America, we'd look at that and say, what's wrong with that? Right? Isn't that the American dream? Work hard, store it up, retire. Isn't that what God said? I mean, isn't that what the parable's about? Look at it again, verse 18. This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you've got plenty of good things laid up for many years. Retire. Isn't that what we do? And yet, is that what God says? I want to give you an image today. Kind of an illustration of of what this is like. Bring up that first picture if you would. Should be up there. Should be a picture of a dam. There we go. This is Hoover's Dam. And what a dam is really simply, as you know, it's just to hold back something. And in this case, it's holding back water. And you and I are a lot like this dam. What happens is God gives us things and then what do we do? We very quickly, you know, we build a dam so that we can Store all the things that God gave to us We say all right, I got all my things Except that if you close the dam off Then nothing comes through and all you do is just stockpile it behind there Well when I was a kid we had a forest reserve in our backyard where they put five dams in and So as a kid, you know, we'd play around those dams and it was really fun because it would rain and then we loved going out there, you know, because they didn't lock them or anything. So we could go to the dam and we could open up the dam gates and let all the water go through and then we'd close it out. You know, and you'd wait till your buddy's down there in the water and then you open up the gates and he goes flying, you know? All that fun stuff that you do as a kid, including playing on the bulldozers and everything else that was out there. But don't miss the concept of a dam. It holds something back. And then you and I open the gate according to whatever we think is appropriate. Well, when you open up the gates and you allow some of those blessings that God gave to you to flow through and you start blessing other people, it's kind of amazing what happens is that it seems to rain upriver. And what does it do to what's being stored? It just tends to replenish. That's how God is. But when we stop it up, because sometimes out of fear, we, we stop it and we go, wait, that's mine. And we stop it because we're afraid we might lose it. Well, you know what happens then? Oftentimes, it stops raining. And then evaporation happens and, and it just starts to evaporate. God doesn't want us to stop up the blessings and so often in our lives we we see what God gave us and then all of a sudden we just first thing we do we become a believer and God starts blessing and we throw the dam up do you know wealth and and the world considers America wealthy with whatever you make do you know wealth has power like nothing else Wealth has power to do this or this. It has incredible power. And either when God gives us things, we either circle the wagons and say, "Nope, that's for us. Or we say, hot dog, look what God's done. And we can open our hands up like this. And I want you to think about your life for a minute. Because do you have a tendency to like stop it? Or do you have a tendency to open it? And God told us in in Corinthians. He said open up those gates. Excel. Because right now you're doing whatever you're doing with your gate it's just what's going on in your hearts. And if you get three times, four times the amount of water that you're holding back, all of a sudden you get more water, are you going to do what that person did in the Bible story and just make your dams bigger? Or do you open the gates? It's almost as though this guy was pursuing the American dream, but look at, listen to what God said. Verse 20, but God said to him, say with me, you fool. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Why would God say you're a fool? He shut the gate and built the dam. God said, that's not why I gave it to you. I mean, if you think about it in the Old Testament, it was a little different, or at this time, it was different because just not too many years ago, I mean you had grain elevators and everybody could see what you were doing. You had your animals. Your wealth was in animals. Your wealth was in grain. Well, you can only eat so much grain. So you could see how much grain you had. And is that sufficient to carry you and take care of you? But when you were landowner and you kept building more and more and more silos, people started to say, what are you doing? I don't understand. People are hungry and you're just stockpiling. And what did God say? You're a fool. What else did he say? This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? you know what happened, I bet? I bet the kids fought over it. Some of the most vicious things I've seen in my life are fights over inheritances it brings out the worst in everybody. I've seen great God-fearing people become like vultures when it comes to inheritances. It's just a reflection of what goes on in the heart. Verse 21, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. See, here's what I want you to just think about, and then we're going to look at one more thing in the Bible. What are you doing with your gate? Because if you're, if you're just building higher dams, you're missing out. Because what God wants to do with every one of us is for us to experience what God experiences, the blessing and the privilege of blessing other people. I mean, look behind me. Look at all this produce that came from the ground. Whose hand did that come from? Whose hand? God's. God loves to make the land produce. God loves to watch rainfall. God loves to watch all the things that He created for us so that we might enjoy. And God never stops, He just keeps giving. And giving and he wants us to experience a life of generosity. He doesn't want us to experience a life of building higher dams. Turn if you will to Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Ecclesiastes 6. I want to pause here because I want you to think about something. Because some of you might be like, you know, cross-armed and going, yep, here we go. It's about giving. No, it's about blessing. It's about you experiencing the blessing of God is what it really is. And what God wants is for you to enjoy blessings like you've never enjoyed before. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, it's on page 475 in the Pew Bible. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, we're going to start right at verse 1. This was written by Solomon. Now remember, Solomon was by far the wealthiest individual that ever was on the face of the earth. God gave him so much wealth it couldn't be counted. Chapter six, verse one. He writes, I have seen another evil under the sun and it weighs heavily on men. God gives a man wealth, possessions and honor so that he lacks nothing his heart desires. But God does not enable him to enjoy them. And a stranger enjoys them instead. This is meaningless, a grievous evil. Have you ever witnessed that? Have you ever known somebody who God's given so much and yet they never enjoy it? Ever. They can't enjoy it. You know why that is? Because they just built bigger dams. And even though they have so much, they can't enjoy it. God won't allow it until you begin to open up the dam. Go back to chapter 5, verse 19, a few verses up. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and, say it with me, enables him to enjoy them. To accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. Do you realize that what you have not only is a gift from God, but what you do with the gift of God is the difference between whether God allows you to enjoy it or not. Because if you close the dam or just let some trickle out, you're probably not gonna enjoy it, any of it. But when we open that dam up and we just allow ourselves to be used by God, God has this amazing way of letting it it rain. And the more it rains, the more we open up that gate and we begin to enjoy immensely What God is up to. And that's what God wants for you and I. He wants us to enjoy everything he gave to us. But he never wants us to just build bigger dams. That's not his plan at all. Let me answer one more question here. It's a why question. Why? Why would we even care about this? I want to go back to Jesus for a minute. When God made a decision to give us his son, he was taking the risk of eternity. He was giving up his only son with no guarantee that one person on this earth would ever believe in him. But God gave up everything. He left all the joys of heaven, came down, suffered, died, was buried, with not one guarantee that anybody would ever believe in him. God took that first step. And for you and I, who are followers of Christ, we're just responding to it, to God's outpouring of his love. And in that same way, God wants you and I to take that first step. See, you all have your hands on the gate and if you're saying to God, hey, God, as soon as you fill up my dam, then I'll open it. You got it backwards. God doesn't work that way. God oftentimes says, open the dam. That's faith. And let it flow and be generous. And it may mean that the water's starting to go down and you're going to start panicking. But soon our hearts begin to reflect the generosity of God. And it begins to rain. And God takes care of us. And I just want you to think today about your hearts. Are you, are you closing that dam off? Because if you are, you're missing out. You're missing out on the best life has to offer. Or do you do what God did and you start opening up that gate and watching those blessings flow and then experience the blessings behind you as God lets it rain and you have that privilege of watching the amazing work of God like never before. I want you to do something today. Please don't just listen to this message and go, eh, so what? You know, I told you last week, if nothing changes, how does it go? Nothing changes. Say it again. If nothing changes. changes. So what are you going to do different? Can I encourage you to try something? Go home and grow by one. Just one. Whatever percentage you're giving now, grow by one. See what God does. Just take him at his word and say, "I'm I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to try by one. And this isn't about Messiah. This isn't about giving anything to Messiah. You can give it anywhere you want to. Go bless someone. And have fun blessing someone. And see what God does. And it's going to be hard for you. But I'll tell you what, when you take that step and you watch what God does, you'll probably never go back. So go home and say, I want to grow by one. And let's see what God can do with that. Imagine a whole faith family that grows by one. Imagine how much blessing flows to others. Let's pray together. God, you have the most generous heart. Lord, we can't teach generosity. We can try to model it. But in the end, God, we have to just take, put our hands on that gate. And take a step of faith and open it up. And that might be frightening for some. But God, help us to do this. To just have a generous heart. You want to bless so many people. And you want to use every one of us. And you want us to experience more joy and blessing than we've ever experienced ever before. But God, we can't because we've closed the gate. God, help us to just grab that gate, open it up, and allow you to do whatever it is that you want to do. And we can't wait to see the blessing that you're going to give to others. And we get to be a part of it. So Lord, in each one of our hearts, just speak to our hearts. And Lord, help us to be obedient and follow you in doing whatever you want us to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen.